Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Get it checked, boy. You want the sideline? You ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You bitting on me? What's the topic of discussion? What you talking about? Take your best shot. I'ma take the last shot. I'm Jordan in the clutch, boy. You bitting on me? It's time to get it checked, boy. You want the sideline? You ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You bitting on me? What's the topic of discussion? What you talking about? All righty, guys. All Facts Media is here live for another episode of the Auto Bed. And today, we have a familiar friend, our guy, Coach Jamie Al Christian, the head coach at GW on the bench today. So, Coach, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, man. You know, I love being on here with you guys and uh, excited to talk a little bit. No problem at all, man. We want to definitely remind you guys before we get into it, man, make sure you guys are liking this podcast. Make sure you guys are subscribing to the Auto Bid on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Tell a friend and tell a friend because it does go a long way. And also make sure you guys are streaming my guy, Pull Up Tay's music. That was him on the intro. Um, his new project, Life Ain't There, is out now. And his new music video, I Need It, is out on YouTube. Make sure you guys are tapping in to my guy's new music, man. But... Got Coach Christian on today, man, and uh, I had the opportunity to go to, you know, catch, catch DW practice uh, a few weeks ago, or probably probably more than a month or two uh, um, now at this point. But uh, one thing that I was, I was extremely surprised about, man, is Coach Christian still got it, guys. I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, man, but <laughs> last time we had Coach on, man, he, we, we talked about his playing career a little bit, man, but this dude, you know... When we were, when we were at, 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 at uh, the facility, man, this guy was talking trash to the players, man. Knocked down a few deep threes, man. I was like, hold on, man. I, was, I mean, people told me he was good, man, but I didn't believe it until I came <laughs> my own two eyes, man. So, Coach, man, why you be out there cooking your players like that, man? That's crazy. I mean, the best education is to uh, is to have to emulate, right? So, no, you know, I just love playing the game. I think one of the things I want our players to always feel is that how much we love playing the game. I think at the end of the day, you know, you were out there with us cooking a few guys, too. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's a game that we love playing, that we've been playing all our lives. And I want our guy. I mean, what was probably interesting, too, is that we had probably about eight or nine of our guys in there watching, you know, watching us play. And I just want them to always know that we love playing the game, that we really enjoy it. And I think that's a, I think that's a component that, like, not a lot of guys get when they go to college. Like, a lot of times our head coaches and their assistant coaches, you know, they never, they never even see their head coaches shoot the basketball. And, you know, I want those guys to know that I love playing a game, that I want them to love playing a game, and that if they, if they get too crazy out there, we can go one-on-one and we can square up. And, uh, I'm probably going to get a bucket on them. I mean, there's a lot of guys. So we got a lot of victims here, guys that, that have tried to play me one-on-one that haven't been able to win. A lot of all-league players running around out there playing overseas right now. You might play against some over there. And I give them a good bucket to. And I make sure I let them know it every single time and every time I see him. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! He's he, he, he not lying, Drew. Man, he was he was getting bucks and letting folks know about it right after. Man, I, I love to see it, man. I, I really, I really, I really love to see it. You know, we're going deep threes. Um, you know, we're pulling up in transition. We're letting them know about it. You know, like anytime you step between those lines, anybody can get it. And I think that's the kind of mentality <laughs> we're trying to grow. 
Um, you know, I feel like we do have a great team of guys that love that mentality now, and, and hopefully they're getting some of that from me as well. And, you know, the guys are on that other team, and I'm still talking trash to them to this day because some of those guys, they try to say they're quote-unquote great defenders. And I just said, well, I guess that means I'm a great scorer then. So that, and I'm like, <laughs> Hey, listen, I, I would have given a lot of money to be able to be a fly on the wall that day at practice to, to be able to see this, man. I also heard you was throwing uh, between the legs passes. So, what, what you got? <laughs> yeah, you got dimes too, coach? I mean, sheesh. Yeah. You know, what's, what's hey. crazy is I love passing the basketball. So, that's like one of my things is that I love passing the basketball. Uh, Average was 10 assists a game in high school. I would have loved to try to do that in college. I just love how you make somebody feel when you give them a perfect pass and they go up for an easy finish. You know, just that I always got a lot of satisfaction off making a perfect pass and then point to the guy after. So, I mean, you know, through the years, I've gotten a little more adventures with my passes. Like, I think the between the legs pass and the pick and roll is one of the most underrated passes. I think it's an easy pass to make in the pocket. So, we're always trying to get James Bishop to, to expand a little bit there. You know, I'm dying from the throw one of those in the game because I think it's there. And so, you know, he doesn't take as much risk as I do. But, you know, I'm trying to get him to that point where he's able to do that. But, again, I love passing the ball, man. So, if anybody wants to play, like, like I can hit deep threes. I can get to the front where I can do that. But I'd much rather play with four guys that can score the ball and just go create for them. Now, coach, um, you mentioned you mentioned James Bishop, man. He was he was awesome uh, the day that I was there, man. And you know, great to pick and roll, really quick, can really shoot it. Obviously, you know, um, he's a guy last year that led your team in scoring, average nineteen and five. Um, I mean, what are you looking for for him this year, uh, as far as you know, kind of stepping into to that more leadership role and having another big year for you guys uh, over there at GW? And James Bishop is an amazing person. Uh, start there. Um, you signed up to a task with us to change the, the way of life we have here at GW on the basketball floor. And since he's arrived here, we've only gotten better um, in the terms of the way that he works every single day. Um, first guy in, last guy out. Um, just that mentality you know, day in and day out. So we've gotten so much better just having him here and having his voice with us in our program every day. And one thing I love about him, you know, he, he, we were actually having this discussion in the office today. It's like, you know, what does each guy do? What's the best thing that each guy does on our team? And, you know, I think with him, everybody knows how well he scores. Every 20 points a game in the A-10, major, a great league to be in. If you can do that, you can play in a lot of different leagues. Um, but I think one of the things that, that people are going to see this year is that he's a tremendous playmaker for others. Um, his ability to get the ball to other guys, you know, he's taken such a uh, such an understanding of how important it is to pass the ball and how to move it. You know, and when he committed here, that was one of the things he wanted to have the ball in his hands and play point guard and wanted to be able to create for others. And he's done that every single day. I mean, just under six assists a game last year with the scoring we have on the roster this year, I know he's excited about how he can move the ball. And early on, he's just done an amazing job of getting everybody involved and taking a lot of pride in it. Yep. Now, um, another addition to, to the backcourt that you guys had in this offseason was uh, Brandon Adams. And um, obviously, you know, his older brother, Jalen Adams, was in my class of, of 2014 and ended up being one of the best players in the A-10 at, at St. Bonaventure. Um, obviously, he played under Coach Hurley at, at UConn. But um, what have you noticed about his game, you know, just watching him in workouts early on and kind of what are you expecting from him this year coming into a new situation at GW? Brendan's been amazing. Uh, he, number one, he's a smart guy, understands it. You know, learned a lot with Coach Hurley in terms of just how to play hard and how to go hard. So you never have to worry about that with him. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to allowing, helping him show the world 
the kind of energy enthusiasm he has. He's a great player, guys. I mean, I don't know if people realize what a great player he is. They're looking at what, what he was able to do at UConn. And um, I just don't think it's indicative to how good a player that he is on a day-to-day basis, the way he's shooting the ball for us, the way that he defends and plays both ends. And you guys know this. If you're going to be a great player, you got to play both ends of the floor and you got to love doing it. And he's a guy that loves doing that. I think coming into our pressing attack, getting up and down the floor, really really, really suits him and how, how fast he can play. Um, he's been outstanding for us, um, was a leader at UConn, you know, his time there and has done a great job here being a leader on our team, leading by example, being a big brother, but then getting out there and really showcasing what he can do. Um, he's a special talent. I'm really excited to coach him as I am the rest of these guys, but I think he's got something really special. I think he's got an it factor. I think the world's going to start to see that and they're going to, they're going to look around and say, man, where was this guy at a UConn? And that ain't for me to answer. My, my, my answer for them is like, we got a great guy here that we really believe in that that's ready to go and ready to attack it. Humble, hungry, and ready. You mentioned Brendan. I mean, you also added Joe Bemisley from Virginia Tech, Ira Lee from Arizona, and Brian Knapp also from Cornell. I mean, what what, what about those those transfers? Um, are you most excited about? Obviously, Brian Knapp is a Montgomery County guy, just like me and Drew, um, coming from the Ivy League, man. I mean, um, out of those guys, you know, obviously, I, I remember, you know, playing with Joe. Um, seems like, you know, a really good athlete, great cutter, plays really hard, high motor guy. I mean, what are you looking for um, out of your new transfers uh, this season? Yeah, you know, Joe Bamisil is an exciting player. He's a guy who, you know, was top 60 coming out of high school um, and a guy who's a tremendous player. We're really happy that we get a chance to coach him here. Um, One of the guys that can score the ball at an incredible level. I mean, talk about scoring at all three levels, getting to the front of the rim, making pull-up jumpers, making exciting plays, making threes, um, you know, finishing above the rim. And I think defensively in our pressing attack, I just think he really fits what we're able to do. And I think one of the things that's been underrated that he's done a great job of so far is he's really passed the ball well and really been in that backcourt creating guys like Brendan Adams and, and Noel, Noel, Noel Brown and guys like that and really been able to step in and do that. Um, you know, he's a guy that's a creative thinker. He's a musical artist, so he thinks differently. He approaches the thing differently. But his approach in basketball has been amazing. Up every day, seven, seven between seven and eight a.m., getting the same number of shots up. Just really driven to be able to do those things. I'm excited for him because he's a guy that fits into our environment. Because you know we just want everybody to become the best they can become with who they are, using their uniqueness. We're not trying to make him uh, you know a certain way or put him in a box. Man, I want Joe Joe Bamsel to go be himself and to go let that go let it go let it all hang out there. And he's been able to do that. And he's been able to showcase his personality, his, his energy, his infectious every single day. And a guy that just loves playing basketball. So, you know, we're, we're obviously juiced about him. And you know, we talk about Brian Knapp, you know, again, I, I love bringing these guys, these uh, local guys back home. You know, that's something I love to do. And he was a guy we recruited a little bit when I was at Mount St. Mary's. I loved his toughness, loved his shooting ability. Found out pretty early on he was probably going to go in the Ivy League. And so understood that. So I felt like when he came, came available – we were like, man, we got to, we got to get this guy here. And we just felt like his toughness, his ability to shoot the ball, the experience level that he was able to have, you know, one of the things I think people aren't going to notice, which they should, is just how much experience we added with our transfers. You know, we didn't just add talented guys. We had guys who were hungry, who'd been in the fire before that understood it, been in major moments. And, and Brian Knapp is one of those guys and he's elevated us every day. We also added Kwanzi Samuels who played at St. John's, another transfer for the Gulf coast, six foot nine, versatile, can, guard a lot of different guys offensively is a guy that can make outside shots and make plays for us 
he's brought a level of maturity to our program um, at all these spots that we just really needed. And again, a guy with great experience, but again, I, you know, I just think the guys like you that are coming, coming back home, you know, WCAC basketball and high school basketball here is just the best basketball in the country. So anytime we have a chance to bring a guy back, back to home, um, we're always looking for that. And, you know, we've been able to do that. And, and I really, unfortunately will be out this year as he, he, he got hurt a few weeks ago. And so, you know, he won't be able to be, be with us this year. And, um, but, you know, we, we've really, really confident in the guys that we have here in our program and uh, we're juiced about a bunch of the guys. We're juiced about a lot of the guys we're going to talk about today. Um, and we're obviously going to give, send well wishes to Ira as he continues to recover. No, I think it's a perfect segue, man, because you mentioned, you know, bringing guys home. And um, one of the guys that you were able to bring home, not this season, but last year was Ricky Lindo, um, yeah. a local guy who obviously, you know, uh, had, had, you know, had a time at Maryland and was able to kind of get his footing under him um, last year for you guys. And, um, I want to talk about him, obviously, coming into this year. Obviously, I feel like um, he had a couple, couple of big games for you guys last year down the stretch. Um, what are you looking forward to him taking that next step into his next season? What do you kind of notice from him in the offseason? And kind of what are you excited about uh, with, with Ricky coming into his upcoming season? Yeah, Ricky's the only guy come back in the A-10 to average a double-double. And I think that's, you know, he came in, in in the heat of the season, seven games left, and really did an amazing job for us. A uh, guy that I just – I've always loved his motor, his intensity to play hard. I mean, the one thing you know, Ricky Lindo, when that ball's up on the backboard, he's going to go and get it. And, uh, and what, again, one of the most versatile defenders in our league. Um, again, you know, what you're going to see with him in our pressing system is, like, he's a guy that can play on the, on, on the front of the press and then end up guarding a point guard some and then guarding a big some. So we're going to really utilize his versatility, really showcase everything that he can do as a player on both ends of the floor. Um, I think the, the thing he's improved most on is his shooting ability and his confidence shooting the ball – I mean, he's going to have some games this year where he makes four or five threes um, because it just looks beautiful. He's worked on it a ton. He's able to handle the misses now, which is going to let, which allowing him to make more shots afterwards. But just a tremendous competitor. You know, you get a guy from Wilson High School, you know you're getting a guy that's going to compete and a guy that loves to win. You know, he, his energy is infectious in the sense that he's going to compete every single play. Every time that ball's up, he's going to go and compete every single moment. Loves to compete, loves to get after guys. So he brings that component to us, brings a level of toughness. I'm not sure we've had here at GW in my time here at least. Um, and I think it's going to be something really special. Now, you mentioned Ira Lee being out with the injury. Uh, I, I assume that will open up, you know, a lot for Hunter and Dean and Noah, Noel Brown, who kind of didn't have big roles last year, but both of those guys should hopefully, you know, be able to step in, you know, along with, with Ricky Lindo, who, you know, obviously we just spoke about. But, I mean, what are you looking to, looking for from those two guys, both upperclassmen now, um, kind of stepping into, into this new role, you know, this season? Love those guys. I mean, it's just one of these situations where we feel like those guys are really, really good, and they've had a lot of it. They've really had a chance to grow into their experience. Level. Noel Brown from Flint, Flint Hill, right, 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 nice local guy. You know how I love it. And you know, six eleven, two hundred sixty-five pounds can move up and down the floor. It's a great one-on-one finisher in the lane. Um, just juiced about him getting the opportunity to be able to play here and be the guy we can throw the ball to. Um, his ability to just score it, his outgoing personality defensively. Um, he's a guy that's got a bright, bright future. We've always felt that, um, you know, from from even he came in as a freshman, we just felt like we really got to steal with that one. And and so now it's just going to be about him getting out there and having the experience level to go out there and make the plays that we know that he can make and give him the opportunity. So we're thrilled that he's going to have that opportunity to be able to do that. Um, we look at Hunter Dean coming from Louisiana, was a great baseball player in high school. This is the first time he's really had a chance to lock into to basketball. And, um, and, and then because of COVID, he didn't even get a summer 
with us. So he, this is the first summer he's going to have really in his life where he just focused on basketball. So watching his shooting ability, how much it's improved, his playmaking ability, um, he's a big-time athlete, finishes above the rim. I think he probably was led our team or second our team in dunks last year. Um, so he's a guy that's a young player, but really starting to kind of figure it out and how he can use his athleticism to impact the game. Another guy that can guard one through five defensively and then offensively he just finishes above the rim and can make outside shots. Um, thrilled again for him to get that opportunity this year. He'll play the four and the five for us, um, but just thrilled because we just really have a lot of faith in him. And it's been great watching him get a chance to get on the floor, as you guys know get on the floor, be in a consistent system a little bit and watch him improve. Of course, I, I want to talk about you for a second. Obviously, um, this is going to be your second year at GW. Um, year. Going into the third year now. Okay, going into year three now. So what are some things that, that you're looking forward to this year? I mean, obviously, going from year two to year three, got a bunch of new guys coming to the mix. Um, for you, Coach, I mean, obviously now um, – a ten obviously last year was a was a multi bid league getting VCU in there and St. Bonnie's obviously VCU wasn't able to play the game because of COVID but you know what are you looking um, for yourself kind of in, into year going into year three now what things have you learned um, as far as coaching in the A ten as far as your roster that you think will, will help your team uh, this year. Yeah, you know, I think the things that I'm excited about is, you know, we're year three into our way of life and how we like to operate here. So we've had we've got some guys that are really locked into how we operate in terms of how we love each other every day, how we motivate one another each day, and how we show up. And I think those are some of the hardest things to really establish inside a program is just building some consistency of standard of how we how you operate. Um, so it's good to be in year three because we feel like we finally got a system in place that the guys are buying into. They're doing everything they can on a day-to-day basis. So we know there's a level of consistency that's coming in the weight room, that's coming in the practice floor, that's coming in the classroom. Um, and consistency is where we all find greatness. So we definitely feel great about that. Um, we also feel great about the level of competitiveness that we've been able to build with inside the locker room. You know, one of the guys we haven't had a chance to talk about yet is Brayon Freeman, um, a local guy here, a local guy, played at, played at DeMatha and Bishop O'Connell um, and National Christian where he finished out at. So a local guy who's an a energetic um, fiery young guy who can make plays for us, who wanted to stay in D.C. to go to school, to be the first first guy here to really make that commitment coming out of high school. So he's a guy that obviously believes in legacy and believes in stepping into a process, being able to do that. And so when you look at him, he's a guy that can obviously play on the ball or off the ball. He's great defensively, but you love his enthusiasm. And you know, I think sometimes, and you guys have been through it, and some people out there watching have been through it, you know, as you're building a program, you're, you start to get the guys that, that fit there, um, guys that fit there in that moment, but they might not fit there for your success. And, you know, with Brayon, we have the guys that, that, that fits in building our success. And I think that's important to understand, you know, a guy, when you walk in the building, the first set of guys you recruit, you know, you want to make sure you hit on. And we really feel like we hit with him coming in here um, two years ahead recruitment of a guy and coming here and making an impact. So, you know, obviously we have a ton of enthusiasm, a guy that we feel like we can build around, um, you know, stepping in. He's going to be there with James Bishop on the floor some, but a guy we really love his enthusiasm, love how he can make plays. And when you put a guy out there with enthusiasm and great ball toughness out there in this press game, it's crazy things can happen. And, and he's a guy that we feel like has a chance to have a really special future. I'm glad you mentioned Brayon. He, he's one of the incoming freshmen that I want to ask you about. You also signed three other freshmen in, you know, uh, Laziz, um, and also Tyler Warner and Daniel Dixon. I mean, um, of those four guys, I mean, what did you bring your thoughts on those guys that practices has kind of started, you know, so, uh, this fall, man? And what are you looking for out of, out of the, um, the other three, three freshmen as well this year? 
Yeah, Daniel Nixon's coming along. I mean, he's a guy that's six foot seven, two hundred twenty-five pounds, can score. It is really versatile. You know, still trying to figure out college, and you know, a guy that was a really good high school player and able to just put his head down and score. And you guys know this: when you get to college, you got to figure out a way to fit into the offense and how that can fit around you and kind of find your spots. He's still kind of learning that stuff, but I think with his ability to post up, score from perimeter, drive the ball to the front of the rim, make kind of passes and plays, you know, he's a guy that we really are hopeful to help figure it out. And sometimes it takes some time for guys, and, and that's what you sign up for as a coach to, to line up with those guys every day and make sure they're, they're, they're getting it. And, you know, he's a guy that we have a lot of faith in and we're just going to keep riding out with him. Uh, guy's really talented. You know, you look at Aziz and Tyler, you know, two guys that have both walked on for us that we really appreciate. I mean, they're coming in every day, making us better. Aziz is a great outside shooter. So we really need that. And he's a guy that I think down the road, man, he can, he's really going to, going to make it make these days in practice really tough, but really a great, great person, great kid. Tyler Warner is a big body man that can really play, you you know, he's one of those post guys that, and again, you guys know this, those guys kind of mature a little bit later in their maturation process. So we're excited about getting him as a recruit because we felt like with his body type and his ability to have the ability to finish around the rim in particular and defend, that he's the guy that down the road can really have a chance to, to be an impact player within the roster. And so we're juiced about him. You always want to keep a good big around that you feel like has, has, a, has a future. And we feel like he has a major future in this game. And we want to just keep developing every single day. Now, Coach, um, you mentioned it a little, little bit earlier, but I kind of want to expound. Obviously, so, you know, if we re rewind, you know, year one, you're thrown in. It's always tough trying to, you know, your first year in the program, getting your guys in there, trying to establish your culture, right? Then year two, COVID hits, right? And it's all this uncertainty and things like that. Now we're in year three. You have an offseason. You have a full summer of workouts. You have the fall to prepare your team. Um, is there a heightened sense of confidence entering this season? Um, obviously having that summer, having that all season. Obviously you're going into year three, so you're a little more comfortable. You have a couple guys that you've been able to recruit now. Um, you know, what is your mindset going into year three now? Um, I guess, you know, hopefully, quote, unquote, not having to, to deal with the uncertainty of COVID this year, um, yeah. fingers crossed. But kind of what is your mindset now um, entering this season at, at GW? Well, I mean, and you, you know this, if you're confident enough to pull up off the transition at 36 feet um, off the dribble, you're a pretty confident person. So, um, you know, I try to do confidence with everything that I do, uh, believing in the plan that we put out in front of us. You know, sometimes plans don't go exactly how you how you expect them to, and that's okay. You know, I've been through this enough times now, rebuilding at Mount St. Mary's, rebuilding at Siena, and, and well on our way rebuilding here. I still believe we're ahead of schedule here at GW to achieve some real greatness. And, you know, sometimes your record doesn't always show the progress that you're making. And then sometimes times in life, guys, you know, life throws you something that you're not prepared for. And that maybe in that time of our, at the time of that journey, we weren't ready for that, you know, and, you know, what we were trying to build with the guys we had on the roster a year ago, and, you know, we might not have been ready to handle all the uncertainty. You know, we actually do all these personality tests and stuff. And what's interesting is when we met on that, what met about the personality tests, they, the, the doctor literally told us your team is going to really struggle through COVID because they're, they lack agility. So, so we knew that it was going to be a tough year um, because we just didn't have uh, agile bodies in terms of not how they played, but how they're able to adjust to the schedule and stuff. And I definitely felt like through COVID, the schedule was dictated by the CDC, not really as much by my athletic director or myself or other coaches. So um, I definitely feel really confident that having an off season 
being more ingrained in our culture here at GW, being more ingrained in our, in our way of life within our basketball program, knowing what the A-10 looks like and how coaches are going to play and the adjustments they're going to make. Yeah, obviously we feel more confident because we've got a history, but I feel really confident because I look in the eyes of these guys every single day and I hug these guys every single day and I know how their heart beats. And I know what's, what's driving them. And every one of the guys in that roster is driven to do something that hasn't been done before. And we've got a heck of a task ahead of us. And, and so I can feel that from them every day. You know, when you hug somebody and you feel that heartbeat, you feel that love in between you, you feel that with this group of guys. Um, and I, I just think the world's going to see them uh, have a chance to step out there and do that. And I think that's going to be really, really exciting for, for everyone to watch. A group of guys connected to something bigger than themselves. Now, I, I, I got to ask a quick follow-up question because I, I've heard about these personality tests before. Like, can you kind of expound upon that? Because that's definitely a unique, a unique, I guess, philosophy that not too many programs that I've heard of at least utilize. But can you talk about that and kind of what, what those are and kind of how you utilize those into your program? Yeah, you know, I, I'm really big on this. I mean, we've got a small window to get this thing right. We've got four years, maybe five years. But the way these guys transfer around now, we might have a semester to get it right. So we've got a small window of time to get it right for each one of these guys. And so just utilizing the assessments, I think has been really important for us and assessing where guys are and where they can go. So, you know, the personality test is only one, one sort of assessment that we use. We use actually others to kind of gauge where guys are because I want to know what their mindset is. You know, like, you know, you can have a fixed and growth mindset uh, assessment, right? I think that's important. You can have um, emotional intelligence assessment to see where guys are. And then you can have, you know, there's a lot of assessment you can have. And then we use the tap test or trial on aptitude performance test is the one that we use sponsored by razor um, is the one that we use there, which I think has been great for us because we've used it now for almost 10 years. So I have a great understanding of the test and what it kind of shows and what it doesn't show. Um, you know, again, we just want to assess where, the, where everybody is. I mean, you know, wouldn't it be great for you to walk in the office and to have a response to something and for your coach to know why you're responding that way, you know? So it does give us a little bit of a, a head start on how we can help a guy respond maybe a little bit better because it tells us his response when adversity hits is to become internal instead of external, right? So if you see a guy withdrawing away from the team instead of giving more to the team, that gives us a, no, a simple notion that we, we need to reach out to him and we need to ask more questions or whatever it is. The test kind of guides us on just how to connect with the guys better in important moments. Um, it's it's really made for, for pressurized moments. So it's really helped us to be able to gauge just how to impact the guy and connect with the guy when it really matters the most. You know, I'm not sure what your college experience is, but, you know, I want guys having the freedom to walk into my office and to sit down and know that I have their, their best well-being at heart. And, and I, it's hard for me to do that if I'm not if I'm not trying to be intentional with my time with them. Now, Coach, one thing that I noticed when you guys, when I came to you guys practice, but you guys were getting up a ton of threes. I mean, the guards were shooting full court threes, corner to corner for like, I don't even <laughs> know how long it was. I mean, it seemed like they were going for eternity, just shooting a bunch of threes. I mean, obviously, last year, you guys struggled a little bit shooting the ball. You had to pretend in the eight ten at uh, three-point percentage at 31.7%. I mean, is that an emphasis of yours going into this year to kind of, to, to kind of you know, uh, shoot more threes and make more threes this season? 
Yeah, I mean, we always love the three-point shot. I mean, I think when you look at the history of my programs, we're usually top two or three and three-pointers attempted. Um, this year, it seems a little bit different. You know, we got James James Bishop as a playmaker who can create for others, but also is a really good pull-up shooter. And um, So, you know, we don't know how many threes he's going to take a game, maybe four, maybe five. You know, so we kind of look at each by each player to kind of see. I think we're kind of estimating that we're going to take probably 21 to 22 threes a game this year, you know, hoping that we can make seven or eight at about 34%. That gives us a pretty good number. So, you know, we try to base it off the team that we have and 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 what's our biggest strategy a year ago we had three guys at some point made 89 plus threes so the threes were three was a major emphasis for us a year ago this year we got some guys that can kind of make plays and do a couple different things you know like ricky lindo can make outside shots but is a dominant low post player noel brown's a dominant low post player hunter dean gets to the front of the rim uh joe bama still does the same thing he scored all three levels so he's not as predominantly on the outside shooting threes, Brayon Freeman's great at getting in the lane. So you kind of go through the guys, you know, we basically build out a formula that says how many threes we should take. And I think we're looking at probably taking 21 to 22 and really trying to get in the paint and trying to create and, and, uh, and then spray that ball out from there. But we're always trying to establish three point shooters. So, you know, we're always trying to establish that because if a guy can have a career year from three and, and make three, three and a half a game, that's a game changer. So we're always trying to establish that. <laughs> It shouldn't be too hard when you when you see your coach pulling up from 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 thirty. I mean, they to do it like you, huh? They 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 should learn. That's how I want it done. But you know, I think we'll get there, and I think you know, you'll see a guy like James Bishop kind of step out there a little bit this year and take some deeper threes. We had the kid Junior Robinson at Mount St. Mary's who took a lot of deep threes. Um, so I'm a big proponent of that because they had to now guard you out there. So um, you know, I'm hoping that James can stretch the defense a little bit more out that way and take a little bit more risk. Now, when you look at the A-10, obviously, I mentioned earlier, I see VCU and St. Bonaventure way, but again, to the tournament, you know, Dayton's a historically great program in the A-10. Um, St. Louis is always up there. What is it going to take for GW to kind of enter that, enter the upper echelon of the A-10 and kind of compete for either an at-large bid uh, or a conference tournament championship within the A-10? We just got to be us. And if we're the best version of ourselves, everyone's going to have to dictate and change the way they play against us. Um, that's always the strategy. You know, when you're a team that, that can press and trap, there's not many teams in the, in the country that press and trap. VCU is one of them. Um, but if you can do that at the highest level, every team's going to dictate their style of play towards towards how you play there. So I think that's going to be important for us. So, you know, number one, starting on defense on the floor with all these long athletic bodies, you know, you got you to gotta get the ball to half court. And then you got to try to figure out a way to get a great shot up. And so just starting there on the defense in the floor, just being aggressive, again, making teams have to play our style, not us dictating to, to how they're going to play um, and just being us. You know, I do think when you have guys like the guys we've talked a lot about, when they play unselfishly, it's really hard to guard because everyone talks about how all these guys, all these guys came back. And so I just wonder how – you know, when I look at the rest of the teams, I'm like, well, how's everyone coming back? I mean, how does that impact selfishness and unselfishness? You know, I mean, I'm, I don't know about you, but if I was coming back as a six-year senior, you know, that means I probably didn't get something I wanted in my fifth year or my fourth year. And so now I got to make that magic happen in the fifth or sixth year, right? So, you know, I just wonder how that's going to impact. So, you know, the great thing for us is that, you know, I just don't believe in comparison. Comparison's a thief of joy. So we don't really compare ourselves to anyone else. Um, you know, we know our history here is as good as anybody else's in the league anyway. And when we really lock in ourselves and believe in the in the power that each of us have, man, we're going to be a tough team to play against. And so, you know, we're just being locked in on, on one another and, and empowering one another to be the best we can. Um, you know, that's going to allow us to be top four in the league. And if you're top four in the A-10, you got a chance to play against anybody in the country, and we all know that. I want to ask you a quick question about the schedule. You guys got a huge game 
Uh, this year, uh, a huge game for the area. Obviously, you're going to be able to play Maryland at Dallas at, uh, College Park. Also, obviously, you're going to be able to play um, Coppin State with a local team. And um, got a few other games for Charlotte. Going to go out west to Cali play Cal State, Fullerton, and, um, and San Diego. But I want to talk about the Maryland game, man. I mean, how did that game come about, man? What are you guys looking forward to, you know, with, with a team for local guys kind of being able to put on a game like that for the area? I only know the last time I can remember GW playing, playing University of Maryland. So when I saw that on the schedule, it definitely kind of stood out to me. I mean, Coach Turgeon, man, uh, Coach Turgeon's not afraid to play good teams. And so I just give him a lot of credit because there's a lot of guys that are afraid to play good teams. They're afraid, and they're afraid to play good local teams. And that's not Coach, that's not, that's not, that's not Coach Turgeon. You know, Coach Turgeon is a guy who loves to compete. He loves to throw it up against teams that are good. And he believes in that process, makes his teams better. And I think that's why Coach Turgeon's done such a good job through the years. And that's why his teams play with such fearlessness because, you know, he's not afraid to play good teams. You know, so it came together. We actually we had the open date. Um, and so, you know, we kind of started the conversation. And, and Coach Sturgeon was like, man, let's find a way to get this thing done. You know, let's find a way to get a great local game, and you know, at their place. Um, we obviously wanted to play. We love playing great local teams. I mean, I think Coach Sturgeon and I are similar in the fact that we, we want to play good teams. We want to play good local teams. You know, we do feel like it's a great opportunity for our fan, for both our fan bases to enjoy something that they don't, that you don't get every year. You know, I think you usually get it once every six or seven years. So we just felt like it was a great opportunity. But you know, it comes together, man, when a guy like Coach Turgeon just, just continues to show that fearlessness to play anybody. So I just give him a lot of credit because there are a lot of guys that, that wouldn't play us. I mean, there's teams in our city, uh, there are schools on the hill here that won't play us. So, I mean, you know, I just give a lot of credit to, to, to not being afraid to play somebody good. Love it. Love it. Love it, Coach. Love it. Um, I mean, from, you know, from a player standpoint, I actually always wanted to ask, you know, coaches this because I think I find there's always a balance, right, between when you trying to construct the non-conference schedule between – um, all right, you know, we, we want to give our team confidence, make sure we're getting some wins, but then you also want to play the best. And like you mentioned, challenge yourself, obviously, for the bear that is the A-10 schedule. For you as a coach, how do you kind of find that balance? Um, how do you find that balance, and, you know, when you guys are putting together your schedule at GW in, in that non-conference league? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a process um, because, you know, there's some local games here that we really value that we're actually not playing this year. I mean, we actually really enjoy playing Howard. We enjoy playing American um, Navy a year ago. So we enjoy playing those games. I think those games are important for local rivalries. We always want to try to find a way to, to continue to play those teams. Um, it gets challenging when you add in the, the, the multi-team events because you're always trying to get, you know, your multi-team events, you're going to travel, you're going to play three games. So that's taking you away from your home base a little bit. So we're always trying to get a good balance, you know, and you know, I think if we can play a couple of these couple of high major games, I think those are really, really important um, just for our net rating, um, but also important for our kids to go out there and play against, you know, some different kinds of teams that are talented. Um, so it's always a balance really with the non-conference and it's a real challenge um, because everyone's trying to play the best opponents they can play. The high major conferences now are going to where they're going to a system where they're basically playing each other twice. So it's really getting difficult to play some of those teams that are a little bit maybe, you know, in the power five and above us. So we're just trying to find one of those games every single year. I think we're able to do that and find good games that way. I think it puts us in a good place. I think everybody wins. Now, Coach, man, last question before we get you out of here, man. You're, you're, you're a three-year DMV guy now, down, down here in D.C. at least, man, after you you played at Mount St. Mary's and everything. But being in the city, man, I mean, what have been your, your favorite food spots, you know, down, down in D.C., man? Me, me personally, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an ooze and eyes soul food guy. You know, I head over to the wharf, a few little spots over there, man. But what, what are your favorite go-to food oh, spots man. in the city so far, man? 
Um, oh, great, great question. Um, <laughs> oh man, this is a good one. I mean, there, there's a lot. There's, I mean, I eat well here, here. So, um, you know, there's a lot of them, you know, um, oh man, I mean, there's, Oh, I mean, I just got to think of one here. I mean, absolutely <laughs> here we have, we have so many like nice local places here um, that it's really like, however you feel. Right. So, you know, like obviously we have Circa right here beside us. We have Tonic right here beside us. So, you know, kind of going to those places for lunch, um, you know, at least once or twice a week. Um, you know, Mercy Me is, is actually really, really good here in DC as well. It's in a, it's in a, it's in a hotel, which is really good. But we kind of just pop around, man. I mean, I mean, there's this, there's this chicken sandwich I get, and I just I gotta look up where it is because, but it's so good. Um, I gotta look it up, man. I know, <laughs> Zoom, but um, I must but, say, man, I haven't been to any spots that you've mentioned yet, man. I might gotta add these to my bucket list and make sure I get over there a few days. I'm definitely you know, gonna add this, this chicken sandwich too because I love. Uh, me, me personally, I, I, I'm a real big, you know, fried chicken sandwich type of guy. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I, I definitely am all down for a good chicken sandwich, man. Oh, man, I can't believe it. I mean, it's on my Uber Eats. It's like it's the only thing there. But uh, <laughs> Roaming Rooster has been one of my favorite spots ever. So I've been I've been living at Roaming Rooster. Apparently, like my Uber Eats is like ten straight searches. It's only Roaming Rooster. Um, so, so, um, obviously that's, that's a favorite of mine. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, I mean, it's just so many good places in DC try to space myself out and eat as many of them as possible, but obviously Roman roosters, uh, getting a lot of, getting a lot of, a lot of love from me. <laughs> there you have it, man. Hey, coach Christian's favorite food spots. We, 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 we got his top three, you know, so we're, de- we're definitely going to be stay tuned. Hopefully, you know, Hey, when you find that chicken spot, make sure you let me know, man. Cause I will go check it out, man. I'm definitely trying to the chicken spot. Um, and another place that I go here often is founding far founding farmers. That's like, that's like fire. That's so right fire. Here. So we're talking about like, like quick places. places those awesome. three, I'm going to go sit down founding farmers. I love it over there. Yeah, great brunch at Founding Farmers as well. I went there before I came out to Costa Rica. It was a great, great brunch. Founding Farmers, Farmers and Distillers, that whole family, it's great. Their owner uh, is an amazing guy as well, just a guy that really can connect. You can tell why the food is so good because it starts with his ownership, how much he loves his employees and loves people that are there. Um, so if I'm going quick, I'm going to those first three places. I'm going down to sit down. I'm going to Founding Farmers. You'll find me there often. <laughs> There you have it, man. Hey, if anybody's listening to this spot, you haven't had any of these aforementioned restaurants, make sure you make your way over there, man. But I want to thank Coach Christian, man. It's always a great time getting you on the podcast, man. So definitely want to thank you again. I'm definitely going to get down there and catch, catch um, one of you guys' practices again soon. Um, and best of luck to you guys this season, man. We definitely appreciate your time as always. Yeah, thank you guys so much for taking the time. We'll see you soon. Stay safe. Yes, sir, Coach. Stay safe, man. And stop giving your players hell, man. You got to have some confidence going into the season, man. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, it's that's the way it goes, man. I mean, if you're going to line them up, man, lace them up, man. This is where we are. <laughs> I love it. There you love have it, it. Hey, Thank you guys for listening, man. And until next time, this has been another episode of The Auto Bid. Take your best shot. I'm going to take the last shot. I'm drawing in the clutch, boy. You beating on me? I can tell. It's time to get a check, boy. Check, boy. On the sideline, you ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You bitten on me? What's the topic of discussion? What we talk about? Take your best shot. I'ma take the last shot. I'm drawing in the clutch, boy.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.